Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then look at Colossians 3.23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand this word today. Please feed us from your word and help us, Father, to recognize the reality of it and to apply it to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, we do pray also for unction and utterance, Father, that this would be something useful and not a waste of time. Lord God, your word's never a waste of time, but I can sure waste people's time, and I just ask you for help. I ask you, Lord, to give me what I need to give these people something they need, Lord, because we, without you, we can do nothing. And we acknowledge our total dependence upon you, Lord God. Without you, I can do nothing. And I just look to you to do what only you can do today, Father, in Jesus' name. Please fill me with your spirit. Quicken me right now and touch us, Lord God, with your word. You said the words that I speak unto thee, they are spirit and they are life. I pray that you'd minister spirit and life to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to Bible Time. We are here in Colossians 3. We have been studying out many of the aspects of the new birth. Where's that list that I asked for earlier? Uh, Run and grab that for me. Um, Many of the aspects of the new birth and the work of the new man, really, and the old man. This is kind of a mini-series that we got into here in Colossians chapter 3. And this has had um, several different messages applied to it here. Um, New birth was part of our old man, new man um, series. We have the new creature, the new walk, the new revelation, new church, new nature. And then we have new music, which um, what a curveball that was to my mind. Here I was preaching through these new old man, new man things. And as I studied and got to um, verse 16 there, it just blew my mind that right in the middle of all that, God would include music. That wasn't the top of my list. It wasn't something that I was even planning on addressing, but God addressed it, so we addressed it. Now, uh, in the new music that we studied yesterday, I think that there was there's still a lot of room for more teaching on that subject, and um, perhaps in the future we'll be able to, but so much room in that area that we are to have music that honors God and reflects the new nature and the new birth and the new walk that we have. It should not be the old music. Our churches in America and around the world are full of the old music, the old ways, the, the kind of music that appeals to the flesh, the carnal, the old man that moves people. I had an older lady tell me just, just a little while ago that um, she really likes to go to church and get in, the, get in there and get the drums and the guitars going and, and real, so she can feel the spirit. Well, this lady was um, dressed in a way that was um, very immodest. If she had been a young lady, it would have been extremely um, um, licentious. Just the fact of age, age doesn't make it okay. Just because you get old and you're not as flattering to the eyes as you used to be doesn't mean that it's okay to undress all of a sudden. But for some reason, here she is standing there completely immodest. Um, She was um, a busybody. She was the whole reason I was talking to her is because she was being a busybody. She was being a, um, you know, look just really 
not minding her own business at all. And I was happy to talk to her. I was grateful to God for the opportunity. But here she was exhibiting carnality, a walking exhibition of the flesh, saying that she likes to get into church where they get the guitar and the drums going so that she can feel the spirit, and which is, guess what? An exhibition of carnal church, an exhibition of what she, what she needs in order to feel what she thinks is the spirit is for her flesh to get fed, for her flesh to get something that moves her. And if she doesn't get that, she doesn't feel like she's had church. So um, in any case, that's a common condition of the churches across America. I've seen some mission work in Africa where um, the African people tend to love music that moves their bodies. It is a, it's something that African people have a propensity towards above and beyond other people groups. Everybody, every people group likes music that moves their bodies, but Africans like a double portion. And that's just a known fact. And so people talk about their culture and their ethnicity. And they say, well, because of their, this, this is because of their culture. And you get into an African worship service, and and it's just different. And you got to go with it because that's who they are. And I and I would I just have to respectfully disagree and tell you that's not true. Flesh is flesh, regardless of what your um, ethnicity is. Flesh is flesh, and some every country, every culture has its own flesh um, propensities. Um, the Germans love their beer. That's a known fact. Everybody knows the Germans love beer. Uh, every group has their things. Americans are all about visual lust. Uh, and that's a very known problem, a sin of America. Every country, every group has its propensities towards sin, and every group has all the manners of sin. There's just some that are more prevalent in some cultures than they are in other cultures. Your culture does not change God's word. Your ethnicity does not change God's word. And if your music is feeding your flesh, you need to get rid of the old music and get some new music that feeds the spirit. I like to feel things in my soul. I like to be feel uplifted. I like to get excited about God. I like to have times whenever we're worshiping the Lord where it's it's just so real that it makes the hair stand up on the back of my arms. I like that kind of stuff, but that is no measure of spirituality. That is actually a carnal reaction to spirituality, and our flesh is still there, and it's okay to enjoy God in a sense with the emotions and the will and the mind those things will get involved as we've talked about and those things will get involved whenever we're worshiping God but it must come from and stem from a deeper spiritual reality that then enforces the will of God on my physical reality and if it's not coming from a deeper spiritual reality that's rooted in biblical truth then it is carnal it is fleshly it is sensual and it will end in death most of our worship today is carnal what a curveball that was to have new music come up for me that was a curveball for me as I was studying Colossians that was the last thing I expected that we would be studying and we really left it without even beginning to cover it and Lord I don't want to take too much time on this if this isn't your will but help me just to say what you want me to say and nothing more nothing less in Jesus name a lot of our music and worship services that we get into today the focus is entirely on the people it is on the 
It's on the musicians, the lighting, the way that the lighting's set up, the stages, the sound systems. A lot of times they'll get right into the mic and sing in breathy tones and their body language, their movements will be very sensual and provocative from the stage. And the people get involved with it in a sensual way and there'll be darkness and there'll be dancing and jostling one against another. And there'll be all kinds of opportunity for things to happen without people seeing it. And, and God only knows what manner of deep and wicked sin is happening in the sanctuaries of so-called churches across America with the lights turned down low and rock and roll music blaring from the stage and where they're singing the name of Jesus to barroom tunes that you could just as easily fornicate to and open. That's what we've got going on in our churches all across this land. And it is wicked and it's an offense to Almighty God. It's carnality. It's fleshliness. And we studied that in the podcast that we did yesterday, New Music. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And from this platform of godly music, from teaching and admonishing music that we're told here, in verse 17 and whatsoever ye do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him this has a companion verse in the same passage verse 23 and whatsoever ye do do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men so we are here admonished that everything that we do in word and in deed must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything that we do. Now we live in a culture where we do everything in the name of Jesus. The drug dealer will wear a cross necklace and have a tattoo about Jesus on his neck while he deals dope. That's how our nation's turned. I went down to Haiti on a mission trip and you have people there in Haiti. The taxi cabs would paint the word Jesus all over their taxi Taxi cabs. They'd have it in red letters and blue letters and yellow letters, and their their cars would be lit up and get as much attention as they possibly could with all kinds of colors, and they would have crosses in the name of Jesus everywhere. They would wear it on their shirts if they could, everything that they could do. They'd put Jesus on everything, and we kind of but they did not follow Jesus, and this is the application that our carnal Christianity has made to this kind of a teaching. In the name of Jesus does not mean that you write the name Jesus on it. Doing something in the name of Jesus doesn't mean getting a tattoo before you go to the bar. Doing something in the name of Jesus doesn't mean going and getting a cross necklace before you go and hang out with a bunch of ladies you're not married to and act wickedly. Doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus, this gives us the concept of under the authority of the Lord Jesus. That's what that actually means. When you do something in the name of someone, you are operating under their authority and transferring their authority to the situation. So whenever a police officer comes in on a sting and he wants to break up a illegal drug ring and he comes in, um, the first thing that he's going to show as they blow the doors off the hinges and the SWAT runs in through the smoke and they're throwing flashbang grenades and people are scattering and trying to get out the doors and windows and there's police with body armor standing outside with big bulletproof shields and they're fighting with all the drug dealers and there's a big battle ensuing what's going to happen when that ha when that when that whole thing takes off you're going to find that the police will all be wearing badges for the sting they are going to be clearly identified 
identified and marked as police. Their cars will say police. Their hats will say police. Their helmets will say police. They'll have badges on their shirts that say police. They might have police on their arm. They'll all be wearing a uniform that matches and they'll have high visibility things on them so that they can see one another in the confusion and the difficulty. The other purpose of this is so that the people that they are apprehending in the drug sting will know the authority by which they are being apprehended. So they bring the name of their county in. Let's say it's the Los Angeles Police Department, LAPD, that's doing the sting. If that's the case, here comes LAPD, and they have LAPD all over everything because they want everybody that they're apprehending to know that they are doing it in the name of LAPD, which means they are doing it in submission to orders from LAPD and that the people that they are dealing with need to also understand that if that they are being required to submit to LAPD. And this is what it means to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whether you get up and play a special in church, going back to music. Whether you play the piano, lead the singing, lead a choir, or get up in the choir and sing a song. Sing a song out of the hymn book in the pews. Whether you get up or sit down, stand up, walk, whatever you do, go forward to the altar and pray. When you go home, you should go home in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means submitted to the authority of the Lord Jesus and acting by extension in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, whenever you are whenever you are operating and functioning in the name of the Lord Jesus, that means that the actions that you do are a direct reflection of the Lord Jesus. Do you hear me today? Do you hear me? The actions that you do. Now, let's say, taking from our example, I've never been to L.A. I don't know anybody on LAPD. I don't know anybody in Los Angeles, just so you know. But let's just say you have this police officer, and he's on LAPD. And he's got his police officer hat with the little emblem on it. And he's got a police badge on his shoulder. And he's driving a car that says LAPD. And let's say that police officer pulls in at a liquor store and gets out and buys two big brown bags full of liquor and then parks his car in the parking lot, climbs up on the roof with the lights flashing and the sirens going and drinks all the liquor out of both brown bags and throws his hat in the air and yells whoopee and takes his shoes off and dances on the roof. Would that be appropriate? Nobody thinks so, huh? What? You don't think that would be appropriate? Why wouldn't that be appropriate? Now, some of you here are thinking that would never be appropriate for anybody, and that's true. But guess what? Even in this wicked, lost, dying world, that same police officer can do that in the river in his Bermuda shorts without a shirt on as long as he's not wearing the badge. And as long as he doesn't break any laws, he can go down to the river. And if he's not in uniform and not wearing the badge and it doesn't come back and reflect on his police department, this lost and dying world would say, well, okay, he can do that. But if he did it in the parking lot in the city on top of his police car dressed in his uniform, they would say that's inappropriate. This lost dying world that sees nothing wrong with the actions that I just listed 
would say that is inappropriate because he is in the name of LAPD. Now, listen to me today. We're going somewhere with this and we're going somewhere God wants us to go. When you do something in the name of the Lord Jesus, everything that you do is a reflection on your Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're being exhorted to here. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that's a tall order. That means not only do you do it in submission to the Lord Jesus, not only do you do it as an extension of what the Lord would have you to do, but you also do it as a reflection upon who the Lord Jesus is that you say that you follow. That's a high standard. That is a high standard. You say, wait a second, I want to have some fun. I was just telling a man uh, at a gas station over in Mansfield, Missouri yesterday, I, to- I told him to flee from the wrath to come. I gave him a Gospel of John, a book of Romans. I gave him a card with a link to this podcast, and I said, flee from the wrath to come. And his answer to me was, I want to have some fun now, too. Because I told him it's not going to be fun in hell. And he said, I want to have some fun here too. Something to that effect. Oh, we all want to have some fun. There's a country western song that became popular in the United States. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. We're having too much fun. And the basis of the song was tip up your beer, grab a girl around the waist, and live it up. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to go now. Strike up that old guitar, beat on that drum. Let's dance another dance around the room, because even though we want to go to heaven, we don't want to go now. We're having too much fun. Now, in the work of God and in following Jesus Christ, you don't get an off day. Now, this used to bother me as a, as a young man. It doesn't bother me anymore. You do not get an off day. The word of God says, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means when you get up in the morning, you get up in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means whenever you eat your breakfast, you eat your breakfast in the name of the Lord Jesus. It means when you get a drink of water or of anything else, you do it in the name, in submission to, under the authority of, and in reflection on your Lord Jesus. Thank you. You do all, the Bible says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, just this one little verse, if applied to our lives in America, would cause a national revival if we would actually obey this verse in truth and in sincerity. If you look at who Jesus is in the word of God, if you look at how holy and separate and undefiled Jesus was, and then you sit down at the end of a long work week, and it's Friday night, and you feel like it's your time off, it's your me time, and you sit down and kick off your shoes and turn on the TV... What you are doing is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you sitting on that chair, flipping through those channels in the name of the Lord Jesus? Are you in submission to the Lord Jesus when you flip that channel? That show that you're watching, the nakedness, the vileness, the lewdness, the wicked um, adultery and fornication, the vice, the, the portrayals of sin, the profanities, the taking of God's name in vain, the immodesty, the philosophies of this world 
world, the defilement, and you're pumping that into your home and you're pumping that into your heart and it's affecting you and your children and everybody around you in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You pick up that dirty magazine at work. Nobody's looking at you. Did you pick that up in the name of the Lord Jesus in submission to the Lord Jesus? as an extension of the actions commanded by the Lord Jesus and as a direct reflection on the Lord Jesus, did you know that whether you intended to or not, if you are a Christian, in a way you are doing it in the name of Jesus? And did you know God's going to judge it? And that's one of the main reasons he's going to judge it. And you're not going to get away with it, Christian, in this life because God's going to judge it because you're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. The movies that you watch, the places that you go, you stand there at work and Johnny comes out and pops off his mouth with a dirty joke and you don't want to be different than the guys. So you just kind of chuckle and turn and kind of slink away quietly. Did you just do that in the name of the Lord Jesus? Well, maybe they don't even know you're saved, Christian. Maybe you say you're saved at church, but when you get to work, you won't even name the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You work at a call center and talk to people on the phone for a living, every word you say you'll be accountable to, and you're to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, even though you're at work. And you say, how can that apply to work? We'll see that here. We'll go on and read a couple verses here. It deals with um, servants at work right here in this text. It's coming up. You work in a mechanic shop and you're turning wrenches and ratchets all day. Did you know that every nut and every bolt that you take out and put in should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus? This would cause an absolute revival if we could get a hold of just this one truth. Did you know that when you bill that guy for changing out his radiator and you didn't really change it, you started to take it out and you saw a problem with a hose and he'd already agreed to buy a new radiator and you fixed his hose and and scrubbed down his radiator and made it look nice and shiny and new and you didn't even change it out but you went ahead and built it for him that you did that if you're a Christian in a way against the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus that every word and deed that we do is in the name of the Lord Jesus and we're to be giving thanks to God and the Father by him so you're going to sit there and drink your liquor on Friday night can you do that in the name of the Lord Jesus now some people do some people claim that they're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus and their judgment is going to be sure their judgment is the Bible says now of a long time lingereth not it's coming the judgment is coming around the corner they claim they know God but in works they deny him but I'm talking to you today who are sincere who say that you're followers of Christ who say that you're believers but what you do every day is what you want to do how do you decide what you're going to do when somebody says hey do you want to run down to the river with me and fish this weekend how do you decide what goes through your mind you think well let me see. I get off work at three o'clock on Friday. I've got to mow my lawn. I sometimes I go to church on Sunday. Do I have time to go fishing? Well, let's see here. Do I have money? I, I've got these, I've got to pay my electric bill. I need some money to rent movies and buy popcorn and get some soda pop. 
do I have money to put some gas in the tank to go fishing? Uh, well, maybe I can, maybe if, you know, sometimes I give a little at the church, but if I don't give anything this week, I can afford the gas. How do you make your decisions? What goes through your mind? How do you think things through whenever you do what you do? Are you doing what you do in the name of the Lord Jesus? Did you go down to the lake last weekend in the name of the Lord Jesus? If you did, did you do it, listen to me, not by lip service, but literally in submission to the Lord Jesus as an extension of the authority and commands of the Lord Jesus as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you go down to the lake in submission to the authority of the Lord Jesus or did you go down to the lake using the word Jesus as a bumper sticker to slap on what you wanted to do? Come on now. I'm telling you this would bring revival in our nation if people that name the name of Christ would deeply consider this one question, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We are to do whatsoever we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now he gets into a couple practical illustrations here that are not just illustrations, they are commandments. Verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. So when a wife is commanded to submit herself to her own husband in the word of God, she's commanded in the name of Jesus. And her actions will reflect her submission to the name of Jesus. Now, whenever the husband says to the wife, he gets home from work and he's dirty and covered in oil and grease and he's um, splurting profanities and he's got a six pack of liquor and he wants to watch football Sunday and he doesn't want to go to church and all of this and you can't hardly stand the man and he stinks and he won't take a shower and he's laying on the couch like a slob and he didn't even clean up and his dirty shoes are on his feet on the on the edge of the couch that you just washed and he says woman go to the store and get me some food it's here's the thing if you are living your life for you you will fight that but if you are doing everything that you do in the name of the Lord Jesus, then you are submitted to not that man primarily, but to the Lord Jesus. And your submission to the Lord Jesus will demand a submission to your husband. And because you are submitted to the Lord Jesus, you will take the authority and the promises of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit that he has promised to give you to love that no good bum and you will exercise that authority as an ambassador of Jesus Christ and you will be able to submit to that man in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not because he's a superhero or because he's the, the prince charming of your life, but because you're submitted to the Lord Jesus. It says, husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them. So you get home and her hair is a mess and she looks like she hasn't bathed all week and she stinks and she's unhappy and she's grumpy and she's growling and you say, honey, what's for dinner? And she throws a pan full of burnt food at you. And says, eat it off the floor, jerk. And goes out and slams the door. What are you going to do now? Well, if you're obedient to the word of God, husband, you will love her. And you will forgive her. 
That's a tall order. Yes, it is. But the Bible says, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. That means in submission to the Lord Jesus. That means acting as an extension of the Lord Jesus, fulfilling the commands of the Lord Jesus. That's what that means. It doesn't mean you come home with a Jesus shirt on and walk into your frazzled wife and when she throws the pan, you throw it back and yell at her in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you hear me today? This would bring revival. I'm telling you, this would bring revival. We pray for revival, but we don't really want it. That's why we don't have it in America, because we don't really want it, because we don't really want to be in submission to the Lord. We talked about a new church. We talked about a new church, the, the, the absolute bottom line of what makes a church a church of Jesus Christ is whether or not they are submitted to the Lordship of Christ. A church that is not in submission to Christ is not a true church. Or they are a church in judgment that God is about to remove the candlestick from. And we've examined all of that in some detail. If they are in disobedience to the word of God, if they refuse to acknowledge the word of God, if they, if they cherish blasphemies in their church, all those kinds of things, then they're not submitted. That's all an outworking of not being submitted to the word and the will of God. And if you you do not obey the word of God, if you resist the word of God, if you have areas where you're bowed up against God, then you cannot do whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father by him. It goes on from husbands to children. Children, obey your parents in all things. Look at it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Did you hear that today? I want to see you children looking at me today. It says here, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You cannot disobey your parents in the name of the Lord. Can't do it. You're out of submission, out from under the authority of Jesus Christ and in rebellion to him if you will not obey your parents. See, this is practical. It's nuts and bolts, but spirituality is practical. It is reality. It applies to our daily life. So this thing of, listen to me, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We have a mystical application of this in America. It's mystical. It has absolutely no foundation in scripture. We say, oh yeah, Jesus, man, Jesus, baby. And we put Jesus on our shirts. We put Jesus on our bumper stickers. We wear cross necklaces. We get tattoos of crosses or maybe of the face of Jesus and the thorns in his brow. We get um, tattoos of Bible verses and we say, in the name of Jesus, man, in the name of Jesus, baby. And we go on and live our life like hell. We listen to the music we want to listen to. We listen to the world's music. We feed the flesh. We drink the liquor. We party the parties. We go and sin hand over fist with both hands. We're 
sinning earnestly, like it says in the book of Micah. Sinning with both hands earnestly in the name of Jesus. And that's not in the name of Jesus at all. That is a mystical in the name of Jesus. That is a hypocrisy, a lying in the name of Jesus. Where we take the name of Jesus and slap it like a sticker on our life. And we drag the name of Jesus through the mud of the sin of our life. And that is absolutely the opposite of what is commanded here. To do it in the name of Jesus means to do it with his authority. We talked about that police officer dancing on his squad's car barefoot, singing all kinds of ballads at the top of his voice, drunk as a coon. In the name of LAPD. What would happen to that police officer? He would get fired. Fired. Fast. And there'd probably be a public statement put out about him. And they'd throw the book at him and find whatever they could that he did that was illegal to find him for and to jail him for. And they would make him an example. How much more our Lord. You think cheaply of our Lord Jesus Christ if you think that you can stick his name on your sin and get away with it. You think cheaply of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember what it cost Christ to pay for your sin? What did it cost Christ? It cost him his life. It cost him his blood. It cost him his purity because he who knew no sin became sin <coughs> for us. And you think cheaply of our Lord Jesus Christ if you can stick his name on your sin and act like you're going to get away with it. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Daddies, you don't have a right to do whatever you want to your children. Just because they're children under your roof doesn't mean that you have the right to treat them any old way. How you treat your children must be under the submission of the name of Jesus. An extension of the mercies and gentleness of our Lord Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you yelled at your boy the other day, Daddy, did you do it in the name of Jesus? You can't yell at your son in anger. You can't yell at your daughter. You can't scream at them and jerk them around, beat them. The Bible does teach about chastening your children with a rod, giving them spankings in a biblical loving way with gentleness and meekness, but applying it in a way that will give instruction and save them from the destruction of their sin. The Bible says, Thou shalt beat them with the rod, they shall not die, but thou shalt save their soul from hell. And it's not talking about taking a big stick and beating your child all over the place, black and blue and bloody. It's using it in the sense, if you'll read the rest of Scripture, as a discipline as a spanking of a loving parent disciplining his children but you cannot abuse your children you cannot hurt them <coughs> to satisfy your own designs 
and sneer at them and mock them and yell at them in the name of the Lord Jesus. What about servants? It says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. So here you are at work and you're trying to just do a good, just trying to get in an honest day's labor and you're tired and you feel like, man, I just need a rest. So you take a break that's not authorized and you sit around there. Maybe you're working at a tire shop. So you crawl around behind the stack of tires nobody's really around to get their tire changed right now anyway and you prop your feet up and lay back and just um, take about a 10 minute nap nobody saw you anyway the bike can you do that in the name of the lord jesus absolutely not can you cheat on your taxes in the name of the lord jesus absolutely not and whatsoever you do he says do it heartily as to the lord and not unto men Whatsoever you do. So the first whatsoever you do said to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We looked at that. Now let's look at this. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Lord, help us today not to waste any time. So these um, things to do in the name of the Lord, he gave us five examples. Wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving their wives, children obeying their parents, fathers provoking not their children, servants obeying their masters in all things. Um, uh, uh, masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And now he goes on to whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. (coughs) So if you're doing it in the name of Jesus, it's going to change what you do. So let's go back to the husband. Uh, Let's go back to the wife submitting herself to the husband. Here's the old bum sitting on the couch with his feet up and his greasy, oily shoes all over the arm of the chair that you just scrubbed this afternoon. He's got Dorito crumbs all over his face, and he's wiping them on the couch. He hasn't taken a shower. He stinks. He's ugly. He's profane. He's fat. He's nothing like you married, nothing like you thought he would ever be, and he's demanding food of you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are to submit. Not because of what he is, but because of what the Lord Jesus is and who the Lord Jesus is. And now as you submit to the Lord Jesus and therefore submit to that creature laying on your couch who you said that you would marry till death do his part and you're thinking about speeding up the death and the parting, you have a new command given you here. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And now we get down to brass tacks and real difficulty. Not only do you have to submit to that creature, but you're told here to do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That means you need to stop looking at the creature on the couch and look to the Savior on the cross. And your submission to that man that you married should not be based on him or his performance or lack thereof. It must be based on the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the key. 
because when you submit to him and bring him food and he barks at you and you had bit your lip and you had mustered all the energy of your entire body to just not throw a pan at him whenever he told you to go get food and then you went and cooked the food and you tried to even make it extra nice even though you didn't have very much in the house because he hasn't brought most of his paycheck home for months because he drinks at the bar every night before he gets home and you don't have much to even fix him and you do the best you can and make him the best food you've got in the kitchen even though you don't know how you're going to get more and you take it to him on the couch and he goes yeah I don't want that woman and he throws it across the room and the cat eats it right in front of your face now what are you going to do if you are submitting heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men he can't shake you he can't face you. He cannot ruffle your feathers. The peace of God will rule in your heart as it says in verse 15 and you will be unshaken and you will be able to submit anyway. And that's a miracle. That's not human. Do you get the point here today? It's not human. It's not humanly possible for a woman to submit to a creature like that. But if you're doing it as unto the Lord and not unto men, if you're doing it as unto the Lord and not unto men, then you can. This is the whole point. Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. What's the motivation for this? Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. Now if you're serving that creature, you may wait until he's taking a bubble bath and knock your curling iron in with him. Well, it's plugged in or something like that. And I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that has happened. Many, 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 many times has a disgruntled housewife put her husband to an early grave, sent him to an early grave through various devious means that you should not do, that are murder. But if you are doing this unto the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him, and you walk into the kitchen and you make the food with psalms of praise in your heart and thanksgiving on your lips to the King of kings and Lord of lords who saved you, and you bring that meal in and he throws it across the room and the cat starts eating it right off the floor, then you can know that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ and it's not about him it's about your savior and you can go forward and you can go on the husband who's frizzy angry dirty ugly old wife nag of a wife throws a frying pan of burnt food at him when he comes home he's been doing everything he can to love her he brought her wildflowers he couldn't afford roses she didn't like them she doesn't like daisies she turned her nose up at it now she's thrown a frying pan at you and the word of God says love your wives and be not bitter against them if you are loving her for her sake it won't last if you are loving her for your sake it won't last but if you are loving her in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him and what you have done for her you have done heartily as to the Lord and not unto men then you cannot be ruffled you cannot be blown out you cannot be blown up. 
You cannot be brought into a position of a sinful heart attitude and heart condition. You will be able to pray to her. And by the way, if you're in such a bad situation and you will submit to your husband as unto the Lord and you will love your wife even though she's a horror, if it comes to a point where that person is blocking God's best will for your life, the moment it gets to that point, God will remove them. It'll be over. And until it gets to that point, you can rest in the fact that God has all things work together for good to them that love him, to them that are called according to his purpose, and that God has a design and a plan and a purpose in the hardships that you are facing. And so you can walk forward through the difficulties and through the trials, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. The Bible says in verse 25, but he that doeth wrong shall receive of the wrong which he hath done and there is no respect of persons from Donald Trump and Joe Biden all the way down to the creature on your couch there's not a man alive not a woman alive who will get away with what they have done and when they do wrong <coughs> excuse me <coughs> when they do wrong to you and you have come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they have done wrong to Christ. And Christ will recompense to them the wrong that they have done. They will receive the wrong. And Christ will recompense to you the reward that you have earned by being faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and doing what you do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the key. This is the key to practical Christian life. This is the key to having a bad boss. This is the key to having terrible employees and still surviving. This is the key to having a lousy husband or a lousy wife and still obeying the word of God. This is the key to having a tyrant of a father this, and still obeying him in the Lord. And we're not talking about abusive or murderous situations where someone's about to get killed. You get out of there. Whether it's a child, whether it's a woman, you don't submit to a murderer, you run from that. <clears throat> a pervert who's doing wicked, filthy, sinful things to you or to your children, you get out of there. You get out of that place and you run. And then you stay single if you're married to the pervert and you've served the Lord with all your heart and you don't divorce him. You just follow Jesus. But that doesn't mean you have to live with him if he's going to kill you or your people around you. And I shouldn't even have to say that, but this world is such a wicked, sordid place. It has to be said. Chapter 4 begins, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Now it's interesting that that is separated from these other examples. But God does deal with the masters, but then he, he deals with them separately from these other five groups separated by our text here. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. There's a theme throughout all of these verses. 
a theme of doing it from the heart. When you do it in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. This must be from the heart. The wives are to submit to themselves to their own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. This is a heart submission that works itself into an outward submission. Husbands are to love their wives and be not bitter against them, which is all done from the heart and then work it works itself out. Children, obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. So this works itself out from the heart. A child that wants to obey their parents because God said to and they are submitting to the Lord and not their parents will not have trouble obeying their parents. They will not have trouble with it. If you're, if you're having parent trouble, submit to the Lord and obey them. Is If you're a father and you have been tyrannical to your children and you've been provoking them to anger, you're not walking in the spirit. This can be fixed by a heart change, doing it in the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ said, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone be hung around his neck and he be cast into the midst of the sea. It's a serious thing to offend one of these little ones that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Servants will obey their masters. And what does it say? According to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Again, the emphasis is on the heart. What was it that the fathers were not to provoke the children to? Wrath, which is a heart issue. God is here dealing with heart issues by dealing with the effect life issues. Practical issues. He says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. We're talking here about a new motive. A new motive under new management with a new motive. When you're saved, when you're born again, you have the new birth. You've been given a new creature, a new creature. You've been made partakers of the divine nature, a new nature. Everything, even your music is to reflect the new nature, the new man. And here we're given a new motivation because we're under new management in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we operate and we function with a new motivation from the heart, a motivation of obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're basically done here. This is, that's all I've got. What I'm going to ask you today is to consider, have you been a partaker of the divine nature? Have you got a new motive? Have you got a heart change? Do you do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? When you go out and live your life and do what you do, do you do it because you're the one that wants to do it or because Christ has commanded it? Excuse me. Do you follow the Lord Jesus Christ or do you follow your own flesh, your own mind, your own will, your own emotions? Do you do your own thing or do you operate under the new authority, the new management with a new motive? Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would just take this and use it as simple as it is and help us with it today. Lord, I've been in weakness. I've been struggling to even get this message out, Lord. And my cough is distracting. I pray that you just bless each that has listened. And I pray that you would feed their souls and their spirits. I pray, Lord God, that we would do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray we'd get a hold of this, Lord, to operate under the authority and 
as an extension of the Lord Jesus that our actions, our words, our deeds would all be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen.